What's up, everyone? Welcome to Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here with Chris Kirkwood. What's up, Chris? Good to have you on board today. Hey, man. Uh, saw you come over to uh, RG. Uh, welcome. Uh, first off, uh, actually, you should be welcoming me because this is my first uh, Morning Grind show. But uh, happy to be doing it with you. I hope things are going well for you at uh, Roto-Grinders. Thanks, man. Definitely are. I got thrown right in here. Hands full with NBA. I love it. We just talked pre-show a little bit. It's just pure in- insanity with all the sports happening at the same time. Is uh, it's a lot to handle. You know, if you if you're playing high stakes, you sometimes you just gotta focus on one sport. And like I haven't had time to play MLB in a couple of days. I've done a lot of NBA content, and there's a ton of news in NBA as we know. There's a lot of news for today's slate, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, what about you? What have you been up to for RG? A lot of MLB things and, and a little bit of NBA here and there. Yeah, doing the uh, had a Grinders Live show today. Um, NBA, uh, you know the, the expert rankings, the the tags, all that stuff. It's it takes time to do it. You know, especially when we got all the the sports going. We got NBA all day. Um, trying to get rid of baseball. I'm trying to do my best to play it all. I'm definitely feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but uh, also I do an article on Friday for um, Yahoo. I play a lot on Yahoo. If you don't know about me, it's kind of like my, my home court people totally overlook that site, but that site is awesome. Um, So I write an article for Yahoo on uh, every Friday on rotor grinders, but uh, yeah, man, it is totally hard to stay focused on everything. I mean, you got one game, you're trying to watch basketball, you're trying to, filter in news you're trying to check for MLB lineups you're getting your guys going down getting injured and it totally you get upset you're on tilt it's like there's so many different like emotions you know that that go you go through throughout the day in this with all these sports and you got golf right that's a big sport for you correct yeah I play a good amount of golf and I I took a liking to MMA over quarantine so yeah man I'm totally into MMA every Saturday it's just such a rush. Uh, I was talking to a uh, beer maker on the last pod and I had a, I took down a, a, the $15 GPP. I split like three ways back in June and I had the nuts with like three fights left. And that's, that's an eternity in MMA. So I, I said, I don't know how yeah, many beers I drank from like eight to midnight, but it was a lot, <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Definitely check out Kirkwood's Yahoo stuff. And you're right. A lot of people overlook Yahoo kind of, it's kind of an afterthought for most people, but you know, Yahoo's one of the original uh, fantasy sports hosts. Like they're on the Mount Rushmore of you know season long fantasy sports, so they you know, they have quality stuff over there. Yeah, I do it weekly uh, every Friday, but like I play like that. I play. I'm in every contest every single day on Yahoo, so you can definitely find me in anything over there. Cool, cool, good to know. Good to know. Definitely check that out. A lot of NBA action today. Some games still going on. A lot of ownership in the late. Boston, Brooklyn game. So uh, it looks like a blowout right now. Celtics up by about 30. Uh, but a lot of action earlier. One of the popular games earlier today was the Grizzlies and the Jazz. The Jazz were in a big pace up spot. A lot of, lot of quality fantasy points to go around in that game. Uh, Rudy Gobert had a game. Donovan Mitchell was okay. Mike Conley went off. And on the flip side, Ja had a really good first quarter, ended up with like 44 total points uh, up at 8K. It was kind of doable. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I mentioned him quite a bit. Looks like he was on his way to to one of his, uh, you know, big volume games. He ended up with like 27 or 28, I think. He got into some foul trouble. 
Um, but yeah, Utah got the win there. And uh, what's your take yeah, on the Grizzlies? Yeah, that's a, there's a there's a little tip here for when you play the, when you're uh, people don't like to play players against the Jazz, but you know you have to on these uh, with these six games daily. Um, it's people that the guys that do well against them are the perimeter shooters. You know, they clogged that paint. So anyone listening, like Dylan Brooks was a phenomenal play today. He could have been much better play than he was. He was certainly on his way. But you want um, a guy who can, you know, get hot from the outside and potentially in the mid-range area to, you know, stay away from the, the bucket. So that fit his, his game perfectly today. So keep an eye on that going forward. Brandon Clark was a letdown. Tough matchup. Yeah, tough matchup. A lot of people thought maybe he'd just be thrusted into a bigger role, but uh, it's just a tougher matchup, especially uh, you got Royce O'Neal playing some stretch four. Uh, things are kind of spread out over there, too. Um, uh, Royce O'Neal had, had a really nice game, too. That guy's been playing some good basketball, and his tag has been uh, pretty affordable. One of the guys has done a really nice job of filling in for that Bogdanovich void for Utah. You know, moving forward, we'll, we'll see what happens with life after Jaron Jackson Jr. Just uh, sucks to see a, a young player of that caliber. And uh, he was really kind of off the leash playing 30-plus minutes and uh, is a nice young talent. And uh, you know, we'll see how the Grizzlies kind of handle themselves moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's too bad. Uh, their best lineup was when he played the center position. That, uh, they were able to stretch the floor because he, he can shoot the three really well. So, um, you know, I, I was – my best bet of the day was betting on the jazz in this game. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to struggle from here on out without a triple J. Yep. Just touching on another game here. Nugget Spurs, a lot of points there. Uh, 132, 126. Denver got the win. Michael Porter Jr. Can just continues his explosion onto the scene. What are your thoughts on MPJ, Chris? There's two rules for the bubble, right? From now on, I'm just going to strictly play Michael Porter Jr. and play TJ Warren. And right. And it's, it's that easy. If you've done um, that, you've probably made a lot of money so far. <laughs> I, I have not done that. Um, I've played some of each. Um, anyways. Uh, I mean, the kid's the real deal. He's a, he's a hell of a scorer. He's a terrible defender. Um, he was in the doghouse a lot for his defense and some bonehead decisions he makes at times, but um, I mean, that he can score. They play well with him. I've, you know, they seem to be, playing well with him and uh you know he had a text exchange with uh with Malone about trust me you know he reached out to him and said trust me and uh he said he was going to trust him so I mean yeah I expect him to continue doing uh big things yeah that I saw that not this big not this big though Right, right. But if he's in the mid sixes kind of price tag range, he's definitely still in play. Well, you know, I'm curious to see what TJ Warren is. We'll get to that uh, coming up. I haven't played him yet. So I'm at the point where I might as well just continue the trend of not playing him and and kind of just uh, seeing what happens. But yeah, Michael, Michael Porter, huge game. Uh, You know, Jokic had 25 and 11 in that game. Monte Morris had 19 and four. Uh, Nice scoring output there. And the Spurs, uh, DeJounte Murray let me down, man. They had two for eight from the floor. I had a really good team going. I could have pivoted right down to Mike Conley, and, and I did not do that. That was just a mistake on my part. But uh, pretty rough game. Uh, good old Popovich pulled, uh, did a hockey, hockey line change in the first quarter, pulled all the starters after the first four and a half minutes, and uh, they were kind of losing by 12. So right when that happened, I'm like, ah, here we go. One of, one of those Popovich games. 
he loves that. And uh, there's nothing worse when that happens, you know. And I mean, the Spurs are tough. The Spurs, so the Spurs are playing these three guard rotations. They're playing really fast. They're also um, they're lacking a lot on the defensive end. So they're they're good good opponent to have in DFS. It's just hard pinning down, you know, I guess the guy that's been most consistent is Keldon Johnson right now from like the value standpoint, but it's hard, like Derek White, DeJounte Murray, which one of these guys is going to, going to step up in which game. I mean, it's, it's like a coin flip. Yeah, for sure. And then got Lonnie Walker floating around in there too. So they got a lot of bodies that play the one, two or the three. And uh, sometimes you just really don't know exactly where the usage is going to go. Obviously, DeRozan will get his regardless. But in terms of, of figuring out Derek White and DeJounte Murray, sometimes it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Another big game earlier uh, that was highly anticipated in terms of scoring was uh, Philly and the Wizards. By the way, Chris, I'm a disgruntled Sixers fan. So I, I'm pretty much like one of the only biased Sixers fans. If Man, if you heard Philly Sports Talk Radio on a daily basis, I, I try not to listen to it. But uh, the Sixers you know, just let teams hang in there. They kind of don't have an identity right now. Ben Simmons got hurt. Um, Embiid continued his strong play. Uh, Tobias Harris was okay. He was one of my uh, favorite FanDuel kind of high four plays. Wasn't the greatest. Didn't have the greatest game today. Uh, on the flip side, the Wizards are a team that's just kind of treating this as summer league. And a lot of moving parts there and a lot of different guys, young guys getting some action. Thomas Bryant continues to play well. Just your thoughts on the Wizards, Chris. I mean, you, you, the, the two Wizards that I'll just continuously be playing until their prices get out of whack are Thomas Bryant and Troy Brown Jr. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. is a guy that they talked up, you know, coming into the bubble. Um, he was a top draft pick, um, a first rounder. He, he's young. He does have talent. Um, they want him. They've even talked about him, you know, facilitating the offense, playing potentially some some point. Um, so, and he's a guy that can, you know, get there in a lot of different ways. So, uh, it's all been about confidence with him and taking that step and, and being more active on the offensive end. And he's certainly done it. Um, like Jerome Robinson today was kind of a fluke that went off. Like that's like so. If there's going to be those, you know, because there's a bunch of young players here, but. Um, also a guy that will have big games is Rui Hachimura. Um, and I, man, Shabazz Napier has been bad so far, but he's going to come around and have a big game at some point and shock all of us, you know, when he's like low owned and he's going to be someone you want in GPP. So he's someone I'll be keeping an eye on, but man, it's going to be tough to plug him in right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was reading up on some Wizards notes and digging through some beat writers and press conferences. And Scott Brooks said the other day that he wants Troy Brown Jr. to play one full game at point guard before the bubble's over. Uh, he did a little ball handling today uh, against the Pacers a couple of days ago. He closed out the last six minutes of the game at point. So uh, he's a guy whose salary just keeps floating around the mid fives and uh, he kind of fills it up every once in a while. His per 36 numbers are pretty good. So uh, you know, I always favor the ball handler in the game, and uh, if if he can, if he can find uh, find a way to to kind of take over the reins at some point before the bubble's over, I think he's definitely interesting to keep an eye on. Yep, definitely. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's get to tomorrow. Uh, a lot of injury news. A lot of news we won't have. You know, we're recording the night before here, and uh, the games are all spread out, which throws another wrench in everything it's not like there's a couple games globbed together at 7 p.m a couple games at eight uh, we don't have that luxury 
there's a 130 game, the Kings and the Pelicans, but it looks like DK and FanDuel both excluded that from their main slate. So uh, it would be a fun game, but uh, no DFS purpose other than showdown, and we're not going to cover that on here. But we'll just talk about the main slate. And uh, the first game on the card is uh, Miami at Milwaukee. Jimmy Butler already ruled out. Gordon Dragic is questionable. What you know? Obviously, there's a lot of Miami players that benefit. Uh, and on the flip side, do you think we might get some late news with maybe some Milwaukee guys not playing, kind of their full allotment of minutes? Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna wait for some some news reports to come in and see. But you know, I'm just gonna assume that Milwaukee plays it full uh, full strength here um, because they let you know let everybody rest up in that last game um, even though they played Giannis they didn't uh, play him in the second half uh, Miami is interesting uh, with uh, Jimmy Butler out again I mean man that was the first like real real uh, scratch that I wasn't expecting um, the other day that really hit me that you know uh, Kelly Olynyk, uh, people were going to be on him anyway and rightfully so I mean he had two solid games and seen decent minutes but um, he got there because of that. So I think he's guys, Kelly Olenek is going to be someone we're going to be going back to. That's going to benefit, but there's going to be other guys too as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I guess the big question is, is do we play, which, who's the, the main, I mean, or do we want to play Giannis? Do you think we can get away with playing Giannis? <sighs> you know, it, it might be funny to say, but depending on what kind of news we get, he might be, a decent GPP option. Uh, we saw him at, I think, less than 10% against Brooklyn. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out for, for people who played him. He got sat. He was, you know, he sat after halftime. Uh, but, you know, there's it's a slate where Luka, Porzingis is on the slate. You know, you got Jokic in Portland later. So, I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of ownership we'll see on Giannis. I know you made a lot of good points. Miami's really interesting. Um, obviously, you know, Andre Iguodala played 30 minutes last game. Uh, he is, what, 30, 3,100, I think, on DK. Uh, Tyler Hero, another young guy who uh, is scoring dependent. But if Goran Dragic's questionable, if he's out, then obviously Hero gets a boost too. Kendrick Nunn, another scoring dependent guy. But, man, he likes to get his shots up for sure. Uh, he's 4,100. Um, you got like Jay Crowder, who's under 45. Kelly Olynyk still under 5K. So it, it might be one of those slates where you're – uh, trying to pick your pick your pick your battles here and, and get the right Miami value pieces and even against a team like Milwaukee, who you know people think Milwaukee good defense they do play sound defense but they play they do play at the highest pace in the league. Um, yeah, they do. Um, and uh, so basically the fastest in the league, but they also have the best defense in the league. Um, the Heat play at a much slower pace, although they're playing a little bit faster here in the bubble. Um, two. Decent defensive teams. I mean, the Bucks are elite, obviously. The Heat are still a pretty good defensive team. Um, if I'm looking to where to where can I exploit something, you know, um, both of these teams really struggle at defending the three-point line. Um, the Heat are 26 in opponent-made threes per game. The Bucks are 30th in opponent-made threes. That's how teams hang with the Bucks. Your people are going to get shots from the outside. They're not going to be successful um, clogging the paint in there with Lopez and. Uh, um, Giannis holding everything down so it's it's got it's like kind of like one of those Utah Jazz situations you've got to find people who can shoot from the perimeter and uh, so the, 
a guy like Duncan Robinson um, is somebody that, you know, fits, fits the bill. Um, Tyler Hero, for sure, can, can be that guy as well. Jay Crowder could be that guy and Kelly Olenek. So I think there's going to be a lot of value, um, especially if, uh, if um, Drogic, you said Drogic was questionable. Yep. And uh, with Jimmy Butler, I mean, there's going to be a, this is the, this is the team. It's, it's a tough matchup, but this is the team where there's going to be a lot of value. And it just on pricing. I mean, all these guys are reasonably priced 4,800 for Kelly O um, who's, you know, been playing decent minutes over 30 minutes in each of his last two games. You know, we just saw what we're in a tough matchup with Boston 41 uh, fantasy points took uh, 11 shots, seven threes. This is a guy who will shoot from three, and that's what we're looking for. So um, he's only 4,800. You have to like that. Uh, Jay Crowder, 4,400. Tyler Hero, 3,600. So this is this is going to be where I'm looking for value. Yeah, for sure. And, and you made a really good point about uh, both teams kind of struggle to defend the three. Uh, that kind of screams Tyler Hero. I'm just peeping on FanDuel salaries real quick, too. Uh, he's 3,900 on FanDuel. Uh, Jay Crowder's 4K flat. Duncan Robinson, 4,300. Kendrick Nunn, 4,500. So uh, we know FanDuel has kind of has softer pricing right now, and you have quite you have tons of options here uh, with the Miami value already. You can go into constructing your lineup over lunchtime, knowing where you can look for, for some decent value. And uh, one or two or maybe three, uh, but definitely one or two of these guys will most likely uh, crush it for you. Yep, um, uh, definitely. And so I guess what are we going to do with Milwaukee? I mean, it makes sense to run it with Giannis. Um, is there anyone else, any other of these guys that you're interested in? I mean – if Giannis gets the minutes, he's the best, and the game is somewhat competitive. He's the best stud on the slate, always. Like it's it's that simple. It's just. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen him go off countless times in under thirty minutes. The guy's one of the few people that can uh, throw up a sixty bomb in twenty five minutes. And you now, in theory, if you're going to run more value on the Heat side, then you're going to want to run it back with someone, uh, unless we see you know, some other news. Uh, from some beat writers or we get some intel that you know they might be watching Milwaukee's minutes um, you know Miami's still pretty gritty without Jimmy Butler so I'm not completely convinced that uh, they're gonna you know pull off what they did last time and kind of bench Giannis uh, in the third quarter but I also don't think he'll be my first stud that that I want to throw in just uh, you know with like with the level of play that Luke is on and I guess it depends what site we're on and in terms of roster construction um, you know, small forward is uh, is interesting, you know, because you got Giannis, you got TJ Warren and FanDuel, who's up to 8,800, by the way. Uh, and you got guys like Kawhi right there, too. So, you know, you'll have your options. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Giannis, highest upset on the slate probably under normal circumstances. I I think I just need to personally take a wait and see and see if there's any more news in the morning. And Yeah, uh, but, well, I mean – the, the the big news that we're going to have to wait and see is if Westbrook is going to be out because then you get a James Harden for even cheaper with no Russell Westbrook. No, I think that's exactly right. And unfortunately that game is all the way at nine o'clock. So that that's going to be a tough one. Uh, right now it's kind of impossible to, uh, to kind of, to kind of gauge what's going to happen. Uh, we'll get to that game uh, in a little bit here. Um, let's, let's move on here to, uh, Indy and Phoenix. I uh, you know we just talked about DeAndre Ayton before the show a little bit, uh, Phoenix playing some good basketball in the bubble, man. 
Um, the Pacers kind of gritting some games out themselves. A team that doesn't have Jeremy Lamb, obviously, doesn't have Sabonis. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable tomorrow. It uh, looks like Victor Oladipo, as of right now, uh, there's no indication that he won't play. So it looks like Oladipo will be in there. Uh, and, of course, you got T.J. Warren, who's up to 88 on FanDuel. And on DK, what do we got him at on DK? Uh, 8,400. So right from the get-go, what, what's your take on Warren, Chris? I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of T.J. Warren. I always have been. Is he running hot? He's absolutely running hot. Um, he, but he's, he's playing well. And so there's, he's also had uh, a good, good situation going on with like Oladipo not being the same, you know, kind of a shell of himself. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has been banged up. Um, so there's just been a lot of opportunity. And so he's uh, stepped up. So you have to commend him. Um, now he was 20 from 29 from the field uh, when three games ago against Philly, 14 of 26, 13 of 17. So, I mean, he's, he's shooting extremely, extremely well, and that's going to regress. So can we expect 69, 70 fantasy points? No way. Um, 8,400 is ridiculous now, but I mean, it's, it's hard to say that he hasn't at least earned it, but um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be taking a back seat to uh, TJ Warren tomorrow. Today, had- right? When people are listening. <laughs> to add a little more uh, fuel to the to the TJ Warren show, a little bit of revenge game narrative too. Well, you know, some people are like, "Oh, TJ Warren revenge game," and I'm not gonna lie, I take a little bit of revenge game into consideration. There's always a little something extra there, but 88 on Fanduel for me. I haven't played TJ Warren yet. I guess I'd be silly to hop on the hop on the train when it's too late. I feel like I'm chasing tomorrow. I mean, the revenge game was—he's already been to Phoenix. I know, I was kind of joking, um, but... Yeah, I, no, I, I, I put stock in the revenge games in, in NBA. Revenge, revenge is real. People want to show out against their former team. I mean, that's just natural. Um, so, you, you know, and NBA is the one sport where they can control what they do. They can control how many shots they get. They can control how aggressive they are. So I, I do put stock into that. Um, but I won't be tomorrow. Good point. I, I think I'm with you. I agree with you on TJ Warren. I, you know, I do think it's a decent spot for, for some fantasy points, but uh, I'm not going to be looking at Warren. Obviously, the Malcolm Brogdon news will be critical. Aaron Holiday has been getting a lot of run in the bubble. You know, He'll probably be a, a pretty chalky piece on DK over there if we get some news on Malcolm Brogdon. 4,800 he is. Uh, he's, played over, he's played at least 34 minutes in every game in the bubble. Uh, Double-digit shot attempts, you know, kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, and, you know, Victor Oladipo, obviously, you know, he'll be in play too. Uh, 5,500 on DK against Phoenix. Uh, I don't mind that at all. I, you know, I'm assuming maybe they'll, they'll probably – well, last game he was – it was it said that he'd play between 28 and 32, and he played 27. I mean, if you get 30 minutes out of Oladipo at 5,500 and without Brogdon, I think he has some nice upside there as well. Yeah, it's getting tempting with his price. Um and on this slate. So uh, I, he's not the same player. This is not the same Oladipo that we've, we've known. Um, he's still working his way back, but uh, I'm tempted at that price. Right, right. Not exactly. I mean, if you said he'd go for six, seven times value at that price, I, I wouldn't exactly expect it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I know uh, we talked about DeAndre Ayton a little bit. Um, you know, kind of burned a lot of people 
well, not exactly burn. He hit, what, at 34 DKP, but he had like 29 in the first half against the Clippers. Uh, and you got Aiton against uh, a Miles Turner Pacers team who can be exploited on the glass. And, wow, he's actually down to 7,200. So, that's to me, that that's intriguing on just kind of a first glance. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, he, he burned me hard the other day. But uh, this is certainly uh, – he, he, can, he can hold his own against uh, Miles Turner in this one and, and, you know, get a bunch of shots up in this one. So uh, the Suns are playing quicker. Um, and uh, this isn't, isn't the greatest matchup, but it's not a bad matchup. So it's, some, it's someone I've definitely got my eye on. The price is right. He had so much room and opportunity. I mean, he basically did nothing in the entire second half in the, in the last game the other day. And, you know, he was sitting at like 31 fantasy points at the half. So there, there's immense upside with him, um, but you know, you know, you never know. Pat Beverly, uh, I believe, is out. Uh, you know, obviously Reggie Jackson was one of the big pieces they acquired. He had some nice games in the bubble. Uh, DraftKings' price is getting up there, fifty eight hundred. For me, that's that's probably a pass. Especially Lou Williams is back from Magic City in Chicken Wings. He had a quarantine for. 10 days he played 21 minutes in his first appearance against the Clippers uh and you know I'm he might still be relatively restricted Lou Williams that is uh but he's 5k and if I mean if there's any news of of him getting cut loose so I'll definitely look into Lou Will but I would assume he'll probably probably play 25 minutes or less uh, Montrez Harrell still out over there uh, so Clippers, I guess, you know, Reggie Jackson, 5,800. Obviously, you got the two studs in Kawhi, who's 87 on DK. And Paul George, 78, uh, still under 8K. Uh, you like either of those studs tomorrow, Kirkwood? Um, yeah, I mean, I like Paul. 7,800 for Paul George. Sign me up. Sign me up. Why is he not over 8K? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I mean – the minute and they're they're playing he's playing big minutes in the bubble uh got 36 minutes in the last one you know has you know took a little step back in usage but 27 percent usage is still good he was wasn't shooting he was shooting pretty poorly he was one for seven from three six from 17 overall but um and didn't really get any of his steals or, or blocks that he typically gets but still you know 38 fantasy points um definitely room to grow on top of that and his price. So take advantage of this price. And, um, you know, especially with the Mavs, the Mavs have been playing a lot faster in the bubble. Um, and we know the Clippers play fast. They're eighth in pace on the season um, coming into the bubble. And uh, the Mavs defense, you know, we've, we is been nothing really that impressive um we've seen massive scoring output in games from the Mavs so far in the bubble this game has a pretty monster total um should be competitive uh both of these teams seem like they're they're just they're just you know playing their guys trying to get into form for the for the the playoffs here and so uh Paul George is my guy 7,800 I mean on DK how, how can you yeah, it's a head scratcher for me too. And, and now the one guy they priced well um, on DK for, is Reggie Jackson, fifty eight hundred. Because I was like, the first thought when Beverly Beverly's out, I was like, oh sweet, Reggie Jackson is going to be like forty five hundred, but uh, he's fifty eight hundred on uh, DraftKings. 
Yeah, no, that's 58. is probably, for me, probably a pass on Reggie. I know a couple games ago he had like 30 fantasy points in the first half, but I, I'm, I'm kind of labeling that an outlier. Uh, it's just a, that's just a steep price. Uh, Paul George under 8K for me is usually a smash button. You know, we'll see what, what the roster construction looks like as more news breaks, but he's hard to pass up, uh, especially in a game where Dallas doesn't play any defense. Not at all. Um, you know, nobody is, I guess, right now. But under 8K, I, I'm just kind of mind blown. I, he'll, he'll probably he'll be pretty chalky, I'm sure. So uh, for DFS purposes, I, I think this is a really interesting game. Seth Curry is doubtful. Um, so, you know, you might have some people heading back to Tim Hardaway Jr. But I, I talked about on the pod the other day, it's, it's tough to play a guard on Dallas, uh, you know, especially in a close game. Luka just turns into that point Luka and just kind of weaves around the pick and roll till the shot clock winds down every possession. And uh, you know, his usage is so high, especially in the fourth quarter, you're kind of just begging for begging for like corner spot up threes in the fourth quarter. If you play like Hardaway or DeLon Wright or, or somebody like that. And uh, the Dallas guards, uh, those value guys are typically hard to figure out. Do you have any input? Do you have, do you have a, a favorite, you know, JJ Beret is, is, is not a thing anymore. Kind of wish he was. I missed the Beret days a couple of years ago, but what's your input on kind of that glob of, of Dallas guards that usually fill in? Man, I, I'm, I'm all set with them now. Now after what happened to me with uh, DeLon Wright the other day, um, I think, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is struggling right now um, with his shot, right? And he's just, you know, one for 12, two games ago. He was six for 14 last game, but uh, three for nine from three. I guess the, the good thing is, is that he's still chucking. But um, this is a tough matchup for him. There's a there's really good wing defenders with uh, PG, especially when they share the court together, um, that should be able to hold down Tim Hardaway Jr. Obviously, they're going to have their hands full with Luca, um, who's just the absolute GOAT. He is the man. Um, man, he's 11-3 on DraftKings. Um, but, uh, yeah, Trey Burke, no thank you. I mean, I, it's, I would, I guess if I had to pick one, just because of the, the way the rotation was and the minutes that he got, it would be Trey Burke on DraftKings at 3,400, um, just because he got 24 minutes and he seems to be in favor over DeLon Wright, but that can change at any, any moment. Yeah, obviously, Burke, we know what the upside is. Uh, super volatile. The other day, he carried like 20% ownership, kind of burned everyone. So uh, you might get a might get a nice uh, percentage on him tomorrow if, if that's the route you decide to go down. I know you mentioned Luka, you know, 11-3. Uh, so many things can happen with player news until we actually submit our lineups. Uh, you got to make a decision with Giannis. Maybe we'll hear an update on him. Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook's questionable. That's the late game. Obviously, Westbrook's out. Everybody runs to Harden. So, I mean, I think a lot of news will dictate what kind of ownership we see on, on Doncic. Obviously, you got two of the best wing defenders in the game, like you mentioned, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard on the other side of the ball. But does Doncic have a kryptonite? Can he be slowed down? His game is just so unique. That Man, he's unbelievable. What, what are your thoughts can, on Luka? But- but paying 11-3 is going to be pretty tough on this slate um, with against in this matchup with the potential for a James Harden uh, at cheaper without Russell Westbrook. But, you know, I can see it for GPPs. Um, he did do, drop 67 fantasy points on them one time already this season earlier, but that was when uh, Paul George wasn't, wasn't quite the same. Um, 
the interesting play for me on the Mavs uh, is Kristaps Porzingis. Um, 80 took a little bit of a price uh, decrease on DraftKings down to 8,500. This is a this is a good matchup for him. You know, it doesn't matter which one of these guys Zubak is going to be on him. He, he's going to be able to to get free and from the three out in the three point line and get get shots up. You know, while they're concentrating and collapsing the defense on Luca, um, it's going to free up Porzingis. Also, there's plenty of blocks and steals that the the Clippers allow to opponent opponent opposing big men. So he's a guy that I think will be pretty sneaky on this slate. To be honest with you. No, I like it. You know, 27 minutes last game, 0 for 7 from 3, fouled out. Uh, he's allowed to have a bad game once in a while. Great matchup. You know, Zubak, man, uh, I, he, he is no match for Porzingis. And what are you going to do, bring in Jermichael Green to, to try to play some stretch five uh, without Harrell there? Harrell's a big hit to that uh, to that interior defense. And uh, the Clippers are actually kind of, I think, in the if, I, if I'm right here, like at the bottom third in the league in defending the pick and roll. And, yeah, he, he, Porzingis is going to have a lot of good looks, man. I, I like that call tomorrow. Yep, um, I uh, probably won't be going back to uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, although I don't mind it um, if you need it. But you're not gonna. I feel like I caught I caught his good game in the last one. Yeah, he he's a guy that uh, plays a lot of minutes typically, and uh, just the points per minute is he's volatile. But for GPPs, man, he's a guy. He's a first or last guy. He'll he'll either take it down with you or you know. You'll be looking at a snowflake for the rest of the game kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, he's under 5K on DK. And looking at pricing, uh, Reggie Jackson on FanDuel has got to be in play for both cash and GDP at 4K. Big difference there in sites. Wow. Wow. What do we got Porzingis on FanDuel? Let me bring it up here. Just out of curiosity. Porzingis, 86 on FanDuel. Not bad. Not bad. Take him over on uh, – take him over on uh, – well, you actually you get the block and steal uh, upside on Fanduel, but you get the three point bonus. I think he's gonna let it let it go, let it fly from downtown in this one. I like the call. I think he's priced just a little bit better on DraftKings. Agreed, agreed. Uh, random question for you, Chris. Changing gears. You play any best ball for fantasy football? Uh, I do not, but I I, I will be uh, potentially with that the new uh, site that just uh, launched. Yeah, underdog fantasy. Yeah, yep, underdog fantasy. Some of the best minds uh, that created the draft app, which is a a huge hit the last uh, was a year or two, and nothing better than kind of throwing some best ball teams in. Got some time to kill, you know. Is uh, kind of set it and forget it. They have a, a huge uh, two hundred thousand dollar to the winner tournament. It's a one million dollar prize pool. $25 entry kind of contest over there. So uh, that thing's filling up. It seems like a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously the thing, the big thing about best ball is you don't have to make any changes throughout the season. Uh, set it and forget it. There's an app for iPhone and for Android. So pretty easy to use. And uh, I think maybe even when we get off the show here, I might uh, fire a lineup in. It's been a while. Haven't, haven't done a lot of football drafts with, you know, everybody opting out and stuff like that. It's just going to be a weird season. But underdog fantasy sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely sounds cool. It's on my list of to do, my big list of to do that I just can't get any time to do anything with uh, all these sports going on. But uh, I'll get in there soon. Jump, jump in the water. For sure. I mean, hey, it's it's almost the middle of August already. Uh, it's, you know, we have a million things going on. 
At Roto Grinders, we have content for everything. We have the best analysts in the industry. You can take that to the bank. Best tools. Love our optimizer. Ownership projections are critical in every sport you play. Uh, you know, got to figure out where to get your leverage. You got leverage. You got to figure out who's going to be chalk. Uh, and, and you know, our team does a great job of, of getting that stuff up. Moving on here. This is like the most complicated five game slate I think I've ever looked at with all this pending injury news. Uh, a team that has been without some guys for the entire duration of the bubble uh, and they're playing on a back to back is Denver. And we talked about Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and they'll be taking on Portland. Uh, Portland coming off, uh, you know, the uh, heavyweight fight with Houston the other night. So uh, Portland and Denver, uh, and we'll see Michael Porter Jr. And let me bring up his FanDuel salary here. 5500 on FanDuel is a travesty. Wow. Michael yeah, Porter you just got you just got to play him. Got to hit the lock button, right? Uh, I mean, he's definitely room to fill. I mean, I would probably be more inclined to hit the lock button than not. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a mispricing. Yeah, over on DK, what is he, 6,400, so he's 900 more on DK. I played him today at 65. He carried almost 30% ownership. So I would imagine he would be at least that after, you know, the, the stellar game he had again today. Um, I don't know what him and Mike Malone exactly talked about, but man, it, it sure as hell looked like it worked. Um, yeah. I mean, he's grading out as a really strong player for me on both sites and um, you know, just Portland in general is just horrendous on the defensive end. They got worse in the bubble um, and uh, 27th in defensive rating um, they also give up a lot of threes, 27th an opponent made threes per game on the season. Uh, you know, just thinking that he may match up with Melo too at points in this game is just, this is just going to be another good game for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Chris, and if he doesn't match up with Melo, he's going to get some Zach Collins who he looks like I taught him how to play defense. That guy just cannot stay on the court. So I can see some easy buckets and some trips to the line in, in MPJ's future. He's, you know, I don't, I don't hit the lock button often, but he's a, he's tough to, to get away from for me. I'll definitely consider him strongly, especially on FanDuel. That, that's that's a joke at five point five. But you know, should be a lot of points in that game. You know, use of Nurkic, the way he has just come back and has been a, a force, and on that team and what he brings to the table. What are your thoughts on Nurk? I mean, he's a really skilled offensive big, and. Um, you know, he fits this system very well. You know, he's not the best defender, but he's actually improved a lot in that area. But, um, I mean, he just looks really good, ready to go um, in this bubble. He's all systems go because they're playing him over 30 minutes, you know, right from the get-go, and then they're not stopping there. He's got a high, you know, 33% usage against the Celtics in a tough matchup. I mean, he's just he's just crushing in each matchup that you feed him. Um, and now you get that you you said it a uh, little bit of a, a revenge revenge spot here against his uh, former team where he uh, has has definitely gotten into it before with uh, with Jokic. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people probably don't recall when uh, when Nurk was on Denver for a brief period of time, um, but they realized they had a, a star in the making in Jokic as well. But man, he he's played some elite basketball. 
Uh, you know, I was I was kind of curious what how the PJ Tucker Nurkic matchup would work out, and uh, man, Nurk just bodied him, put him in a body bag, whole game, just did whatever he wanted. He was just a man out there, and you know what Houston does with with the with the small ball. I mean, really small balls, either PJ or Jeff Green at the five is, uh, but you know that that an offense that floor is always spaced. And like D'Antoni and, and the crew probably thought, when well, we can't stop anyone, we might as well just try to score as many points as we can and and spread it out. Uh, so Clint Capella got traded a couple months ago. He's on Atlanta now. So uh, you know, we can talk about P.J. Tucker in the Lakers game later. But, yeah, this, this Denver-Portland game, you know, obviously you know, we know where the usage is coming on the Portland side of the ball. Uh, Jamal Murray, how's his status for tomorrow? I, I think he is. Still questionable. Still questionable. Um. You know, obviously it opens up some things, and the val the value's tough there. You know, Monte Morris had a good game today. Uh, Eighteen points is kind of a lot for him. You know, he's more of a distributor, but he looked good today. Um, and he's one of the guys you obviously think of uh, when you when you think of a no Jamal Murray. He's under five K. He's forty seven hundred. Portland's not very good defensively. We we know that. Obviously, Nurkic helps him out a bit, uh, but you know, Dame Dalla and defense isn't isn't anything to write home about. So. I think you'd consider Morris at, at 4,700. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just going to be a, one of those semi-value plays where, he, you know, he's just going to be facilitating the offense. He, you know, had played 35 minutes today. It just comes down to minutes with him. I mean, he's, he's playing pretty well in the bubble too. He's looked pretty good. Um, and he's uh, giving them a little bit more pace um, to the, to the team. So uh, I do, I do like him. Um, I like the matchup. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's going to break the slate for you by any means, but uh, I think he's he'll be he'll be just fine for you from a fantasy perspective. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to see. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Monte. I mean, Yoke. You have to like Jokic. Yeah, I for mean, sure. I mean, and I I think Porter Jr. is is actually helping Jokic. You know, right now, space the floor a little. Jokic is one of the most underrated passers in the league. Uh, he's, I don't know. I, he, I don't even know off the top of my head. He's probably top 20 in the league uh, in assists. I know last year he was actually pretty high up there. Um, I mean, he averages seven dimes a game. We're talking about seven-footer here. Seven dimes a game. Um, and, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has actually been cutting to the hoop a little bit more and uh, using his off the ball, using his size to his advantage, kind of similar to – uh, to what I wish Ben Simmons w- would do a little bit more, because once Michael Porter Jr. is a big kid, once he gets down low, I mean, he, he's a matchup nightmare, because not only can he do that off the ball, but, you know, we see what he can do with the ball in his hands, and you know, he's quick. He's, you know, it's what, 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", quick kid. So uh, I think I think both of them kind of correlate pretty well, and it should be a fun game tomorrow for sure. Yep. Um, so the plays for me, like I said, that's those are going to be the three guys that I'm going to be playing. Um, you know, maybe you can play a little bit of Mason Plumley um, as a ch- really dart throw punt, uh, punt because of the the back to back. You know, maybe he gets a, a few more minutes in this one, and because of the the bigs that uh, the the Blazers have, so I, I could see him getting some extra run in this one. Um, that would be a potential value, but uh, those are the guys. Yeah, and. And now let's move on to the fun one, uh, Houston and L.A. The nightcap, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to get here. Uh, we know that Russell Westbrook is 
questionable with with an apparent quad injury. I, I did finish the game yesterday. Yeah, I didn't see any problems. You know, who knows what happened since then? I know he fell once really hard, but uh, that was in the third quarter, I think. And he, you know, he finished the game, played hard. I would think he plays. Uh, that's just my opinion as of right now at uh, almost midnight on the East Coast on Wednesday night. But you know, a lot could change. But obviously, you know, it goes without saying if, if Westbrook plays – or sorry, if Westbrook sits out, you know, we all know who the highest ceiling on the slate belongs to. Yeah, highest floor too. Um, it's uh, would be uh, Mr. James Harden. But, uh, yeah, I, I have the, the same – thoughts as you do I mean Russell Westbrook's a warrior he's gonna go if he can go it's a right quad contusion um, which is a bruised quad um, D'Antoni said he would you know may hold him out just to be cautious but uh, may you know D'Antoni never wants to hold anybody out so um, I'm assuming Russell Westbrook probably gives it a go but if he doesn't like you said it's just then it's just hard be, it's just Harden becomes the best play on the slate and it's just you have to decide from an ownership perspective whether you want to try to beat him in GBPs or not. And and we might have to wait a while to to know this news for sure. Uh, nothing surprises me in 2020 at this point. And the thing about Houston is, you know, Westbrook sits. Obviously, there'll be some guys that'll pick up more run. Um, Austin Rivers, uh, I'm thinking, you know, Jeff Green's been playing a lot as it is, but there's nobody else on this team that's, that's an above average shot creator. So in terms, of, I don't, I don't think much else will change. I don't have court IQ pulled up. I don't feel like pick, I don't feel like pulling up. I have five million tabs opened up with daily fantasy things right now. But it's just a team of catch and shoot guys, and and it, half the time with these guys hitting value on this team, just uh, it's a matter of how good is the, is the penetration Westbrook and Harden getting, and it's a matter of hitting your shots. I mean, Jeff Green went off the other night, but he was just hitting his shots just hitting the, the, the corner threes. And, and we know PJ Tucker lives there. That's his home, the corner three. So uh, it's tough, man. But obviously, you know, if, if, if Russell Westbrook sits, you know, you'll see more Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon's still out. So it's tough, man. I, I guess, what are your thoughts on, on the cheap pieces and their prices are typically kind of the same uh, you know, throughout the season. Obviously Rocco late addition to the Rockets. He's 6,500. Yeah, um, this is one thing to keep in mind, too, that this is a key, you know, TNT game, you know, so this is a kind of a big game from the, the network standpoint. So these guys are going to be out there playing. It's, you know, the, the Rockets, Lakers. So obviously, I mean, Harden's a great play anyway. So let's just, like, don't, wow, he's so, he's cheap on DK, too. He's 10.7, 10.7. And uh, so you you can feel confident having him then just get a big bonus if uh, Westbrook does get, get ruled out. But uh, Austin Rivers, like you said, would be a guy at min price that I'm looking towards for play would be for playmaking. Ben McLemore is a guy that, you know, I would, I would go to um, in 25 minutes in the last game against Portland. He's, you know, trying to help out uh, with uh, Eric Gordon not being there. Um, the opportunity is certainly there for him. It's a guy who can get hot from the outside. He can, he can absolutely, you know, have a horrible game. Um, and he's done that many a times, but uh, certainly someone that's capable of getting hot and lighting up um, and uh, potentially even shipping you a GPP. Um, and then Daniel House is just a consistent three-point. I mean, he's going to be getting those shots regardless, um, Westbrook there or, or not. 
So he's probably the safest of all of them at 4,900. But if you're looking for upside um, from two punts, especially with Westbrook out, it would be uh, Westbrook or Macklemore. And in terms of of a need, uh, Port, that's a big game for Portland. Uh, obviously, there's crazy new rules and standings and things like that. But Portland's currently the nine and on the outside looking in. Um, right there with you know, a game back in the lost column of Memphis, pretty much everybody in the West is still alive, uh, which is crazy. Other other than uh, the teams that aren't in the bubble, um, over over on the East, uh, things are kind of more uh, laid out here. It looks like it's um, going to be Orlando most likely at the eight seed, but Port- this is a huge game for Portland. You know, the Grizzlies lost every game they played so far. Lost Jared Jackson. They're really struggling. How big would a win for Portland be? And obviously, I mean, you know, Dame plays hard all the time, but there, there's definitely probably more a little bit of sense of urgency on the Blazers' side of the ball. Oh, for sure. Um, and I mean, they're looking like they're going to be the team to slide in there now. So, but uh, it is a huge game, like you said. You know, eventually Dame is going to start taking over. I think he's been, you know, he's he's had some decent games, but we're we haven't seen that like absolutely bananas um, Lillard spot yet. And, you know, he's, you know, he's been kind of slow to start that Rockets game. He was slow and then, and then turned it on late. But we're eventually going to get that game where he's just, you know, full throttle right from the get-go and lights it up. And uh, this is a big game for him, like you said. So um, I think he's, you know, he's someone that people are going to kind of shy away from because of the high price. Like, you, people are, would much rather pay 9500 for Jokic, I would imagine. Um, you know, there's – Harden's just a little bit more than him at 10-6 and Lillard's 9-7. Um, I, th- I think he's going to get uh, very little ownership, especially with the matchup. And, uh, I mean, a big – a monster game is coming. I'm, just, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, some things, you know, NBA is so fragile. The littlest things can make the biggest difference. Obviously, needing a win is a little more than a little, but um, it's nothing that analytics is going to help you out with. Uh, it's nothing that crunching numbers is get, is going to kind of kind of give you uh, lean you one way towards one guy or not. Sorry, I jumped around a little bit there. Portland's playing Denver, but I, we were talking about Houston, who just played Portland the other night, and it just kind of occurred to me every game is is massive for Portland. Um, yep. But obviously, you know, Houston taking on the Lakers, who which is not a big game for the Lakers because they already clinched the number one seed. They just got a big old L against Oklahoma City, and they just kind of seemed uninterested it was not a game in the second half and of course this is nine o'clock and you know we know the upside that a guy like Anthony Davis has we've seen it the other night and LeBron really hasn't had that game yet in the bubble but I also don't think he's really put the pedal to the metal in the bubble but that just throws another one more wrench into it it's a back-to-back for the Lakers. Obviously, there's no news, and Vogel says they're using things as a tune-up and to develop some chemistry, but they don't they don't need the game at all. So, yeah, they'll play, but are they going to play 36, 37, maybe 35 minutes? I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked. We saw Dwight Howard got the night off last night. I, I wouldn't shock to, if a couple of veterans sat. But uh, like you said, late-night game, late-night hammer, you know, TV game, I, I could be wrong. But it's possible. No, it's going to happen at some point. Um, Vogel said it shouldn't. You know, he said that you're going to be playing. But, like, you know, it wouldn't shock me either. 
But I think that this game, you know, since it's Houston, the Lakers, I think uh, it's kind of the marquee game. I think they'll be they'll be out there playing. Is my gut. Yep, absolutely. Just uh, a ton of injuries to monitor. You know, make sure you uh, follow the Roto Grinders NBA News Twitter. Uh, we update that thing uh, as much as possible, and there will definitely be some more news uh, coming. Um, any other thoughts on the slate in general? Anything you want to backtrack to? Any other notes you have, or um, you know, any, any any surprises really? No, just I mean, if I'm going down, you know, with some conviction plays like. If Russell, you know, if people are, I think Russell Westbrook's going to play. So I'm definitely, I think it's a good idea to have some lineups, spaces for him. Um, at, he's 9K. It's completely reasonable on DraftKings. Um, I think that's good. Michael Porter Jr. is a guy that I I, I think we, we got to go back to. It feels like kind of like a fish, you know, keep playing the same guy. But uh, I think he's in play for sure. Kelly Olynyk. Um, with Jimmy Butler out is going to be a good source of value. A lot of value on the heat there. Um, we've met, listed a lot of the, the the guys like Duncan Robinson. Um, you want guys that can hit the three against Milwaukee. Um, maybe a DeAndre Ayton bounce back game. Um, and then uh, we've, we've hit kind of hit on the other guys. Paul George is just underpriced. Um, Jokic, you have to like. Uh I don't know who else I'm missing, but that's that's kind of my thoughts of the slate as of right now. No, yeah, you pretty much nailed it, man, for sure. Um, so we do we do this thing. We, me and Will just kind of did it on accident, and uh, our Discord family liked it, and people were talking about it. We were talking about, like, our favorite wings the other night, like hot wings. I think we were talking about Lou Williams going to the strip club to get wings or whatever. And then uh, the last couple of shows at the end, we just kind of kept, you know, I asked Beer what his favorite specialty pizza was, and we're just uh, at the end to kind of be a little funny here maybe. So I got to ask you, you go to a ball game, go to a baseball game, you know, you're from Boston, and I'm sure you've been to Fenway, et cetera. What, what do you get, man? You get a beer and a hot dog? What's your go-to kind of grub and, and drink when you go to a baseball game up there? I'm not a hot dog guy. Uh, hot dogs kind of gross me out. Um, I, As boring as it is, so Boston has like – Fenway has uh, – it's not the greatest for food. Um, you know, it's kind of it's, – it's still the, the old school park, so it's like tough. It's, uh, it's just – it's – you're stepping back in time there and the food options are kind of limited. There's a great uh, Cuban sandwich outside that I get a lot. Um, But uh, other than that, I'm a, I'm I'm just a beer and a pretzel guy. Dude, a good pretzel, a good beer, get some cheese to dip that bad boy in. The pretzel's underrated, man. It's just so easy. You know, you're not going to spill anything. You grab it. It's easy. It's, it's just easy at a ball game. Um, but I mean, I'll talk pizza with you all day if you want. All right, let, let's have it. We got a couple minutes. What's what's your pizza take up there? What what's good up in Boston? I I see all these pizza reviews on Barstool, etc. But I think you got the real intel for me. Uh, Santarpio's is the spot. I live right around the corner from it, or kind of just a few blocks away from it. Um, it's the best pizza in Boston. I think, I'm pretty sure that uh, Barstool probably talks about it. Um, that's my spot. I go with. Uh, pepperoni mushroom or sausage mushroom um or uh sausage garlic hots i mean there's a lot of pizzas i eat but yeah i i I mean that's the spot if you're in boston check that out all right we'll do i i tend to order a lot of pizza during 
NBA DFS season. I mean, look at me. I'm quarantined. I'm 30 pounds overweight, but, you know, you're trying to, you know, got stuff in the real world going on. Then you got to lock down, set some lineups. Of course, right at 7 o'clock. When do you have time to cook? When do you have time to do anything? I mean, I, I think the, all the pizza delivery guys here where I live, there's like five different places here in Kutztown, PA. They, they were, as soon as I call, they already know they're on their way. They, they know me by name and uh, probably have my card number written down for how much I order. But yeah, what's your go-to, you know, what, what's your go-to if you had gun to head, if you had to pick a chain pizza place and I, I don't like I don't, to go that route, but what do you go with? There is not, there is no chain pizza. I'm not a chain. I'm, I'm, I'm team Dean on this one. Um, local pizzerias. He, he likes to say, um, I mean, I, so I, I'm like kind of a pizza snob. If I, I mean, I don't, I can eat Domino's. <laughs> like I can eat it. I, I'm not, I guess I would say that it has improved. It's not great, but it has improved from where it used to be. Um, I guess that would be the one I, if I had to order one, I, I've got so many good places that I don't need to order Domino's ever. But if I did, uh, that would be the place. Now I'm with you, man. I'm a pizza snob too. Support your mom and pop pizza shops, especially right now with everything going on. It's crazy, crazy. Chris, we'll get out of here. Got a lot going on in the last couple of days. Thank you so much for joining me here on the morning grind. What's your Twitter handle so the people can give you a follow? At Kirk D's, K I R K D I E S E. Um, you can catch me at Roto Grinders doing Grinders live shows. Uh, you can find me pretty easily. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing your pizza tips and some really good intel on the slate today. Also, check out his uh, DFS Yahoo baseball article. A lot of stuff going on, Chris. Appreciate your time. For Chris Kirkwood, everybody here at Roto Grinders, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a good day and good luck.